guys, welcome to this episode of The Modernist, a podcast dedicated to empowering your modern individual. In this episode, we welcome and meet Poppy Duffrey, the founder of Organized Interiors, a luxury home moving and unpacking service. In this episode, we discuss with Poppy the concept behind her own brand and thoughts on goods leadership. We hope that this episode will leave you feeling inspired and empowered to be your own leader in your own world. Um, welcome to The Modernist. Um, could you please start by introducing yourself? Um, yeah, for anyone listening. Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me. My name is Poppy DeFray. I am the owner of Organised Interiors. Um, I live in Bristol and I'm imminently moving to London. Oh, congratulations. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, you're the founder of your own business called Organised Interiors. Um, yeah, please tell us a bit more about the business, what kind of services do you offer? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're a home organisation and luxury home needs company. So we offer services around households generally for clients that are moving and really want to remove the stress um, and time-consuming nature of moving. Um, we offer a, a service where clients can book into a hotel or go on a mini break while we will oversee the move for them and set it up around their lifestyle and routines. Our key is always to make sure it's the space is functional but also that it's aesthetically pleasing so they walk in back home into kind of a calm relaxing environment. Oh that sounds very interesting and very kind of quite niche as well what what kind of inspired you to start that and uh what were what were kind of the initial steps that you took um yeah yeah so I started off as a professional home organizer about four over four years ago now um kind of your standard home organization that we've come to know through maybe Netflix or some other programs that we all kind of find ourselves watching these days. Um, so really focusing on the process of working with the client, decluttering, organizing and helping them maintain their space. Um, and after a couple of years of doing that, it became clear to me that a lot of the time I was setting up spaces that had never been They'd either not been set up at all and never been unpacked from when the client had moved a couple of years ago, or actually the client hadn't had the time to set it up properly in the first place, which meant that it became cluttered and um, the space felt quite out of control quite quickly. Um, and so that got me thinking really about how do we get this right first time and how can I create the service that really works for clients? Um also, previously in my career, I'd worked for a high-end audiovisual company based in Chelsea, um, and they did installation of audiovisual equipment in super fine properties in London. And that was my first insight into um, kind of really beautiful homes and beautiful homes where there's lots of people in teams, construction teams, interior designers, uh, lighting designers, every type of every element of a home was really well thought through for each individual and really took into account their specific preferences where it was an individual client uh, to make sure that it would work for them. And that was kind of a bit of a light bulb moment when I pieced my experience as a home organizer together. And then the experience that people who are investing in renovations and redeveloping superfine property, um, the attention to detail that everything has in those within those projects and kind of thinking well I really like to make a service that kind of meets in the middle so we do cater to high-end clients um, but we also have a package that for those that would like to make an investment in their future home it's still something that's affordable and not completely out of reach to 
the vast, vast majority of the population. So, yeah, that's how that kind of came about, really. So we started to focus on home moves. Um, and that's when I knew I needed another team member because on home move day, there's lots of things to unpack. And um, <laughs> it's very much a case of, yeah, it's very much a case of all hands on deck. Um, but yeah, that's how it kind of came to fruition and how we've ended up in quite a specific market um, and offering a very specific service which is quite useful because when I first started out four and a bit years ago home organization in the UK wasn't that well known and lots of people still didn't know what a professional home organizer did Um, whereas now most people know because it's become much more mainstream it's you know Instagram and TikTok have been taken over by home organization and refill videos and um, so it's quite useful actually having moved into a slightly different space because now that market is is oversaturated and there are many, many businesses offering generalised home organisation services. So um, the journey we've been on has worked quite nicely and has been quite well-timed as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that element of timing, I think, is quite interesting. Do you think that's out of luck or is that something that you kind of um cultivated yourself like to push um for kind of contracts and deals um yeah that would be kind of interesting to hear if, um... yeah I think I have to listen say it's a bit of both there's a bit of luck with when I was trying to set up I really wanted to set up my own business and I didn't know what to do and I'd want I'd known I'd wanted to do that for years um so I suppose I had luck in that I was able to gain experience before the wave came came on but even in Bristol I remember when I was doing my initial market research there were um eight to ten home organizers just in Bristol alone which felt at the time very overwhelming to me because sure Bristol's a big city but it's not that big and not that many people were seeking out that type of service um whereas now it's easily for probably 30 to 40 I don't focus that much on market research for that element of the business as much anymore um but it's absolutely exploded so I think it's partly luck with timing also partly my desire to grow the business into something which is specific I really want us to be known for what we do in a very specific way um and I think I realized that I could use my project management skills that I had from previous roles and I developed over time and utilize that because tidying and organizing someone's space is only about 30 40 percent of the skills that a home organizer actually needs um people skills and coaching and supportive development to the clients are really important and when you work on bigger projects the project management part is absolutely vital particularly when you're dealing with contractors and removal companies and tradespeople. so um yeah, a bit a bit of both things answer the question. Yeah, that's very interesting as well what you mentioned about that it's not that kind of the organizing part is actually a really small part of it. Um how do you kind of really aim to provide the best service? Um uh, and especially as you use the high-end clients as well. Um how yeah, how do you do that and uh, what steps do you take? Mm-hmm. Um customer service is something and the customer experience is something that's really important to me and has been from the very beginning. Um, it's really important to us and everyone that works. Um, so the team know that we don't just provide a service, we provide an experience. And it's really important to me that clients get what they ask for, but they also 
feel like they've experienced something that has really been transformative, both in terms of what we've done with their space and the conversations we've had, but also just how we've treated them along the way in the process we've taken them through. So making sure that we um, are offering personalized solutions and we treat the customer in a, in a way that's, that works for them. So some of our customers prefer to communicate on WhatsApp. That's fine, we'll communicate on WhatsApp. Some prefer email. Um, some like to meet in the evenings rather than what, you know, it's, of course, we still have boundaries as a business because we have systems that we need to follow. But it's really about making sure that clients feel that they are heard and that we are really meeting their needs and exceeding their expectations. Mm, I think um, I really like that phrase you said, you kind of want to exceed their expectations. Um, And I think, um, I think especially in kind of client facing businesses, I think that is really essential. Um, How I think moving a bit onto kind of your career and your background um, how has that kind of formed and shaped you into kind of the person you are today? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear about that. Mm, um, well, I studied HR and business at the University of Liverpool um, and quite quickly realised into my degree that I wasn't particularly interested in the HR part. I thought I would be because I was interested in people, but HR is obviously much bigger than that. And it wasn't until I think many of us go into our degrees thinking we we know what we're about to experience and we think we're interested in something and you start studying it and you're like, okay, this was exactly what I had in mind. Um, but the rest of the degree, the business degree really interested me. Um, and I moved from that point into a kind of generalised graduate scheme for a company in London. It was quite kind of corporate, um, corporate style. Um, and I was there for, after the programme finished, I was there in total for, I think, four to five years. Um, and I did lots of different types of projects within the company. And that was a great confidence boost because I was trusted with really large scale events that were moving around the country, um, including being responsible for the employees that were working at those events and all their travel arrangements, um, right through to specific projects where we were looking at customer complaints and service improvement projects. Um, I got to present to the board at times, which was um, a brilliant opportunity. And I think all of these experiences really were just such a brilliant foundation for everything else because I learned, I remember going in on my first week and realizing that having this complete crisis of confidence about emails and how you write emails, which I know might sound ridiculous but I thought I don't know how to communicate in a corporate environment and how to not put emojis on the end of and I know this sounds crazy it's not like I hadn't worked before I, I worked at a uni and I worked since I was 16 as in alongside my studies but never in an in an office style job where I was you know and I'm an overthinker by nature but I just think that type of environment is a really great way to learn all your foundational skills for the workplace um, and also really gain confidence because you're constantly, especially on those types of programs, pushed outside your comfort zone. And so your learning curve is steep, but it means that you come out knowing so much more so quickly and having confidence in the ability to feel uncomfortable in the situation and know that it still might turn out okay because it did the last few times or you've learned from your mistakes and failings and you know what to do differently. Um, so that was a great, that was a really great, um, foundation for me um and then it got to a point where 
I decided I kind of had a moment where I thought I'm either going to be in this forever Hmm. or for an exceptionally long time Hmm. or I have to leave Um, and I decided to leave for a number of reasons and I sold all my stuff and I got rid of all of my stuff and I grabbed a backpack and did something that at the time was very very unlike me (laughs) I didn't have a plan I'm very much a planner by nature and I booked a I basically booked the Trans-Siberian Express I booked a flight to Russia and the ticket and through to China and was then like right well we're gonna see what happens I've got nothing to come back to I've got no job to come back to I've got no possessions to come back to I find an opportunity along the way I can take it up knowing that it's just as easy to start a life abroad as it is at home Mm -hmm. um Anyway, I traveled around 13 countries. I had incredible experiences over about a year and a half. And that really helped me personally realize that working for one company for for the rest of my life or for an extremely long period of time personally wasn't for me. Um, I really like change and I like new people and I like to experience new things and be creative. Um, And so returning from that, although that obviously wasn't part of my career, it's very much part of my personal journey of really realizing what's important to me and how I want to live my life. Um, so yeah, then I came back and worked for the company I mentioned earlier in, in Chelsea, the audiovisual company. Um, and that was an owner led business. So that was a great way to experience a completely different side of business from, you know, um, billions of billions turnover company right back to, okay, this is amazing. You get to work with, a business owner who's built something up from the ground and um, they're about 10 years into their journey and have got about 10 employees and are have been on this great journey of growth and now have a whole different set of challenges and so it was really great to be able to get to know everyone get to know the business get to know the challenges and kind of work on service improvement which is ultimately something that I've always loved to do within the roles that I've been in and ultimately get to do now we just work on systems around the house instead of um, business systems. Um, and yeah, after a while, I kind of left and did some freelance work for an interior design company for a short period of time and then moved on to Bristol to set up what was organised with property and is now organised interiors. Amazing. What a lovely journey. I really love uh, how you sold all your, <laughs> all your possessions. <laughs> that is quite scary. Um, like, uh, yeah what what I'm very interested what kind of prompted you to kind of do that because obviously that is that is a big move um and actually requires so much bravery I really have to kind of commend you on that what what kind of initiative well, thank you. <laughs> yeah I think um if I'm honest at that point in my life I was quite unhappy I'd gone from really loving my job and really loving everything about it to within the space of the last probably I don't know, six or 12 months, not feeling like that. And so life wasn't feeling great. And at that point, that means that it feels easier to make a change. Although it felt completely counterintuitive. And I remember when I told people that I was leaving, people thought I'd quite literally gone mad because (laughs) I'd been climbing the corporate ladder. I'd been working as hard as I could. I had this vision of where I wanted to be in the company. Um, But it was actually the best decision I've ever made and to get rid of all of my stuff I just kind of felt like it was weighing me down I'd got caught into a bit of a cycle of consuming a lot I was shopping for clothes most weekends I was buying 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 I wasn't particularly happy and when I parted with all my belongings it was I felt 
lighter than I'd ever, ever felt. And it was just such a liberating experience and actually was also probably the start of the journey that I've looped back with the business today because that idea of making sure that you run your life, your possessions don't run your life, you're not constantly shopping or buying things or repairing things or looking after things or tidying things. Um, So, yeah, I think for me, I really wanted a sense of freedom. And obviously, that's quite an extreme (laughs) route to go down to sell your things and leave the country. But I really needed to shake my life up at that point um, in a way that was going to have a positive impact. And I just had to I had to do something extreme. And I'd always enjoyed traveling before that. I guess I just wanted to travel to different types of places in a different way this time. So um yeah it was it was it was quite scary but at the same time whenever I felt intimidated or I traveled to lots of countries where I didn't like in China where I didn't know the language and it was you can't really take guesses at the language and obviously different characters so it's but ultimately I just think you only have to do the next step you don't have to think about how you're going to get to wherever you're going to get to. It's just like, what do you do next? And actually, that's such a great thing in business as well. It's breaking everything down. It's like, all I need to do is find the bus stop, for example. But it's like in business. It's like, well, all I need to do is have the conversation with this person. I don't need to jump to the end and think, well, how am I going to get there? This feels really overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of... Wow. I really yeah. loved... Um your your kind of views on consumerism I think um it reminds me a bit of I listened to a podcast that was about minimalism and about Mm -hmm. uh, you know having less is more Uh, and actually it's kind of something that I try and do as well is that I'll like every so often I'll kind of either give an item of clothing to like a friend or like something that I know I really like um just so that there's that element of like this item or this thing doesn't have a power over me because it's so easy to buy all this nice clothes or you can kind of have all this nice stuff but I think it's the action of saying actually this these things don't like they don't form they're just they're not a part of me they're just kind of the external um and I think I would love to know, like, is there stuff now that you do, do you live in a certain way that could be deemed as a minimus? How do you kind of um, kind of put that into practice into your life today or can share tips for people who might want to kind of cut down on their stuff and are living this kind of consumerist mentality? Because I do think it's such a problem in our world. Yeah, it really, um, yeah. it really is a problem. And I think, yeah, you're right. It, it's, I think it's a, it's a symptom of a of a deep-rooted problem that we generally tend to have in Western societies. Um, but I would say I'm definitely not completely minimalist. I do, I do, there are still things that I love to have around me. Um, I think I'm probably quite, obviously I work with lots of different types of clients, so I see an array of different ways of living. Um, I definitely have fewer items than probably the average person would have. Um, for me, it's about, if you don't have the space, then don't don't fill it. Like you, no one should ever fill their space because the problem is, is you fill your space and then you want more space. And so it's really important for me. Um, I don't have a big house. I live in a one bedroom flat. And it's really important to me that that always feels calm. There's never any clutter. I have a regular clear. If I pick up an object or I see an object that I've not used in a long time, it goes. There's no... There's no what if or do I need this in the future. Um, I think for me, the, my favorite question when people ask me about like how do I decide whether to get rid of things is 
if you lost it, would you buy it again? Or if, if you, someone took it away from you? Because that really makes you think about the value of that item to you. Because if it's really useful, you'd buy it again. So you should probably keep it. Um, if it's something, let's say it's your favorite pair of jeans um, that you wear all the time, then you'd probably go and buy it. But there are so many things we have in our lives that we're like, mm, okay, I mean, I could keep it. Yeah, I'd like it. I'd keep it. But actually, if we didn't have it, we probably would notice that it wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that tip. I'm going to put that into practice because I that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, um, I find that sometimes it's so easy to get in kind of cycle of consumerism and like wanting more things. Um, but I think myself, like reflecting on my own like consumerist journey, I think I've like, I've definitely was worse at like cut back massively and like try and have a very like capsule wardrobe um and like I don't mind wearing the same thing twice you know I think there is that culture of like especially as a woman you know you're kind of meant mm. to go out and wear a different dress every time but it's okay to wear the like the same dress but just style it differently um yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely I think it's really interesting we can take pleasure in all of these items but we just don't have to own them we can take pleasure by looking at them we can take pleasure at looking at them on other people if we're talking about fashion and other items but um I think we often feel like we must have a part of that we need to have that in our in our possession and in our homes and for ourselves um and actually sometimes that's that's not the case I'm fortunate I get to take pleasure in all my clients beautiful wardrobes <laughs> with all their beautiful clothes and their beautiful handbag collections and shoe collections and that's how I if you like get to have my fix and then I come home to my wardrobe which I think is probably it's verging on a capsule wardrobe. It's slightly bigger than that, but that's very much the general aim is high quality pieces and fewer of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm slowly moving more into that. Um, and for me, that works for me because if I had all these things, I would have a cluttered space because I don't have the space to put them. And then my day-to-day -day life would become stressful. Getting ready would become stressful. And so it's always thinking about the impact of these belongings. When you give something away, you get something back which is space and ultimately that's generally what we all need more of absolutely I I think that that is great advice um <laughs> and moving, I guess shifting the topic slightly to more um some of your business experience um and a bit of kind of leadership um in kind of the business and startup environment how what are your kind of thoughts on leadership how do you cultivate yourself um how, how are you a good leader within your business um what are some of the steps you take in that yeah that's a good question about yeah what do I do to make sure I'm a good leader because it's so important I think being a leader and having people that report into you and in your team it's such a responsibility because ultimately they your words and actions have such an impact on on the people that work with you um so I in terms of what I personally do um within the business I think it's really important that um leaders have two-way feedback so I think it's really important of course we have to pass on feedback but it's just as important that we're able to receive it so within the business we operate a model called stop start continue so when we have one-to-ones um there's an opportunity for um, so if I have a one-to-one -one with my organiser, we both have an opportunity to say what we'd like to start doing, stop doing and continue doing. And that can be to do with the business. So it might be that she's highlighted 
a system that's not quite working for her or she's found a way to be more efficient so she can say could we start doing this or could we stop doing this um or it might be something a bit more specific it might be that I'm asking her to start doing something stop doing something continue um but that for me is a good opportunity it's a space that is in every single one-to-one which we have every single month um that's like a safe space that's carved out every single month for there to be two-way feedback and communication um so that's something that's that's quite important to me um I try and read although I'm going to be completely honest and say I need to do more reading I'm much more a podcast kind of a kind of a gal um I when I drive I drive quite a lot for work um I try and listen to podcasts and thinking you know whether that's thought leadership on a particular topic or really just thinking about how um how we can constantly improve ourselves because if we're improving ourselves as business owners then you know the business is more likely to succeed we're likely to be better leaders and if we have a clear vision for the business and we are able to communicate that with our teams as we go then everybody's going to feel involved and on board and be really clear about the business objectives and I think um yeah it's it's really important I think it's really easy sometimes as a business owner to get caught up with the day-to-day and the operations and the things that you must do in your inbox and how many emails you've got that are unread um but it's actually really important to take time out to work on yourself because ultimately if you're a solo business owner everything hinges on the decisions that you make and if you're not making the right decisions and you're not improving yourself then the business can only go so far and your team can only do so much because you might be restricting what they can do or um kind of not giving them an environment to flourish so yeah I think it's leadership is really important and I absolutely include myself in this I think we all need to do more um and I know it's hard when you're in that space where you're doing everything you're doing finance you're doing marketing or etc etc but it's just so important to carve out that time for self-development yeah I think um I think that's a really good point and I think that it's very easy to kind of get in a pattern of um of kind of yeah just like work 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 but then also I think it's so important to take time to like I think that's actually something one of my goals for this year was like I just want to be more educated in everything like if that's (laughs) like reading a book or like just researching this word like just like learning about stuff because I think like you can have far, far more intellectual conversation with people like the more you know and I think um and I think like through reading and through taking time to improve yourself you know whether that's reading or even listening to more podcasts I think it's so important to kind of have that time and it's easy I guess when you're only your own business I'm sure that you kind of feel this pressure to like work all the time and perhaps leave that stuff aside um (laughs) um you have like a set day or kind of yeah is how do you kind of factor that into your routine um, I've just started doing um, a form of coaching actually where you have an annual planning day with other business owners um, which is a set day and it's in your calendar for a year um, so for each quarter the day is set for the year um, and you have clear planning day and then that's broken down in that in that session you set the goals for the quarter but you also then break down the kind of smaller steps as to how you're going to achieve that and that also includes self-development and the things that you're going to do um, I'm just starting this process. It's going to be really interesting to see how it goes because I I love planning. No surprise, being organised. I love a kind of sitting down and I like self-reflection and I 
I enjoy reflecting on the months and planning for the future months. Um, but actually setting aside regular time is not something I've been great at doing in terms of routine. I, I find that my every week looks different in the business, partly because of the nature of what we do and where projects fall, um, and partly because of my own routines that I haven't necessarily set in terms of morning or evening routines. So it's not something that I tend to say, okay, right, I'm, on Fridays, for example, I take the day off out of the business and I make sure that's working on the business rather than in the business. I just try to keep a mental check of when did I last do something, you know, t- for planning or when did I last do something to improve my communication skills or my work as a leader or whatever it might be. Um, I have found that it's quite useful for me to, when I'm in the right routines and I go through phases of being, <laughs> holding myself accountable and making sure I do it. Things like listening to, a podcast while I'm getting ready because that's time that's almost dead time it, you know you're you're practically you're busy getting ready um but actually what a great opportunity to start the day with some inspiring thoughts from somebody else or learning about something or whatever it might be and for me I find that a lot more easier to fit into my routine than sitting down and reading a book on the sofa, for example, which I absolutely need to get better at doing. But I think it's much harder when you're in a cycle and you're in a busy kind of go, go, go. It feels harder sometimes to to sit down and read a book, which of course it's important to do um, and is a personal development area. But for anybody who is looking for like, how do I squeeze things in? For me, podcasts and short podcasts and subscribing to podcasts are a great way in the car, getting ready, Right, I've got 20 minutes where I'm doing something, but my ears are ready. So let's see what someone's got to say. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, I, I, I started doing that as well. It's like, whilst getting ready, listen to a podcast. I'm like, you know, when you're doing your makeup, it's like really theraperetic. Yeah, yeah. A podcast, no, I, I really love it. And I think, uh, well, hopefully, who knows, people might be listening right now and be getting ready. So, <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. What, what a better place to advertise <laughs> listening to podcasts than on a podcast. Um, and yeah, just to kind of look a bit into bit more delving into leadership have you had kind of personal experiences where people in the kind of in your working career have been bad leaders and role models um how has that is that knocked your confidence how has that kind of impacted you yeah I think I've been fortunate that I've definitely experienced some really inspirational leaders um and had the been lucky enough to work with them directly um and I think having having an inspiring leader and a good role model is invaluable, particularly I think at the beginning of your career while you're really seeing how things are done. Um, I've definitely, sadly, also experienced some um, not so great leadership and it's definitely the experiences I had during that where I was not supported and um, to be honest, it was on the end of a lot of kind of shocking managerial behavior um I definitely when you realize what that can do to someone and how when you're turning up to work every day and that's what you're experiencing in an already high pressure environment I think um it absolutely knocked my confidence it really impacted my mental health now of course that's always a bigger picture it's never just one person's actions um but I think those experiences for me 
really it's like anything once you're on the end of something you really understand the impact that that can have on someone and then you know you never ever want to put anybody else on the end of behavior like that because you know what it can look like um and one of the inspirational leaders I once worked with um it was known that his phrase was the fish rots from the head down um and I think that's it always sticks with me because it's such a good like way of summarizing that once you have someone who's a bad leader at the top of a particular chain or wherever that ends up, the, it will very quickly unravel because your bad behaviours will impact the people below you and that will put pressure on them. And then they will start having kind of um, developing bad behaviours or be feeling so pressurised they're not being a good leader. And it kind of goes from there. So I think it's really important that we hold ourselves to a really high standard of behavior when we're when we are around other people particularly people who are reporting into us or within our teams when you're in a position a high kind of hierarchical position um a company um whether that is informal or formal i think it's really important that people are particularly aware of the language that they're using and the behaviors that they are um demonstrating so yeah I think it's 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 so important and I think it's really easy when you're in a busy environment to for those things to become deprioritized because it's all about specific results whereas the bigger picture is always well how are we treating our employees how are we treating the team how are we incentivizing them encouraging them in the right way and to perform well and providing supportive environment yeah I um I think it's something that is probably not thought of enough Um, and I really resonate with what you said about you know you're turning up to work and it can be something that really affects you mentally because you know you're you're turning up to work every it's something every day you probably go to work more than you see your like partner or like your family and that Mm. has like it has a real genuine impact on you Um, and I think um, workplaces in general should I think take much more active steps in cultivating really good leadership within that kind of man um, within that kind of hierarchy Um, and yeah I I I think it's a shame that it's not done enough Um, and I think to kind of conclude or kind of round up our chat how um, what are kind of uh, key steps for some of our listeners um, do you think uh, who perhaps own businesses and who want to kind of um, be a better leader or a business person just like yeah some very kind of high level uh, steps you think that they should take okay and um, I think the first thing I would I would say is is remembering to work on the business as well as in the business, because that is kind of the start of everything in terms of growth and having a clear direction and that impacts your team. If you, if you have a team, um, I think not feeling a pressure to conform to traditional leadership stereotypes. If you have a way of working that is kind, empathetic, um, if you like all the, all the opposing, um traits that we are kind of fed like leaders must be strong and make instant decisions and not be too wishy-washy or too emotional I think there is a place for um different types of leadership than we're used to traditionally seeing and I think it's important that everyone develops their own style and knows what works for them and what works for their team um and 
Yeah, I think being open to feedback is really important. It's hard sometimes to hear things about yourself that you, you know, might not want to hear or you would hope that isn't true. But actually, none of us are perfect and we all have so much to work on. And if someone gives you feedback that is constructive and with examples, so you understand the context in which it's given, I think it's really important to not react to that and just to be able to sit on it and think about it and then take appropriate action off the back of that if something's needed. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, Very good and handy tips. Um, And I guess, yeah, thank you so much for being a guest. And for anyone who's listening, where can they find you on like Instagram or like social media? Um, Yeah, what is like your Instagram handle so people can um, follow you? Oh, thanks for having me. It's been nice to chat to you. Um, The Instagram handle is at organised interiors, all one word. Um, our website is organised-interiors.co.uk. Amazing. So if anyone needs any home packing services, they know who to go to. <laughs> yes. Please come and drop us a line and we'll be more than happy to have a chat about it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much.